All right. Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, And I'm here with a new friend, Philip, uh, that I was uh, connected to via my dear friend, Luke Story. And Philip uh, has a phenomenally fascinating technology that I've gone now deep down the rabbit hole that uh, deals with quantum energy and also the whole science of EMF. And so I wanted to really dedicate this episode to going deep in this field, because I think as we you know, enter into the era of 5G and, and a variety of different frequencies that are, are, whether we like it or not, going to be part of our reality, I think it's more and more imperative that we have both the insights, the knowledge, and the tools to protect ourselves and to protect our energies and and also to be able to uh, tap into a place of resonance is, is the way I like to think about it. I'm writing a book about resonance. So, uh, Philip, it's, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. So let's start off, and this is going to be – actually, let's start off. We're going to go deep into quantum uh, and quantum energy. But let's start off talking about EMF and electromagnetic radiation. Um some people will know a lot about EMF. Some people may know very little or nothing about EMF. Can you give a, a little bit of a context into what EMF is and why it's something we should be mindful of? Yes, absolutely. And just for the listeners that don't know me, I used to be a vice president at T-Mobile um, for several years. I managed 14 countries in Europe. And then at some point, I was also a VP at T-Mobile US. Uh, that was sort of in my past life, but it's still this life. And so I know that area very well from, from that side. I must say, though, that while I was there, EMFs weren't really a topic. And it, it, you know, I get that question a lot. Well, were you guys aware that this is so dangerous for the human body? And did you guys just try to not talk about it? And no, the, the, the answer is we actually didn't. No, none of us really um, um, knew about it. We didn't talk much about it. And it really, the awareness came over time, really. And also for me, it developed over time. And now being sort of on the other side where I help mitigate EMFs, I I really, I mean, I dug into the all the studies. There are thousands of studies out there that you can uh, look at that show that there's uh, quite an effect on the human body, on the energetic system and so on. And that's frankly also something we've found in all of our study. So it definitely has an effect um, and which is not positive. That doesn't mean that all EMFs are bad, right? Because there's so much convenience in this, right? Just so that we have, can have this conversation here, you know, sort of EMFs make this possible, but the trick is to, to leverage the convenience of the EMFs but still mitigate the, the harmful effects. And that's kind of what it is. So EMFs, what do they do? You know, we have different types of EMFs. We have- Before you go deep into what types of different EMFs, just for real grounding context, for those who have no idea what we're talking about and why T-Mobile is so relevant is our cell phones depend on EMF, right? Our Wi-Fi, which is empowering this conversation right now, emits EMF. So given that we are evolving and, and, and those frequencies are becoming more and more powerful, right? As we try to, for example, push for one, one use case, for example, is autonomous vehicles, right? The argument is that we are going to need to have more and more potent and powerful signal 
the unfortunate aspect is no one has really thought through how that affects the human biology. So, um, so, so we all are now living around EMF and electromagnetic fields, but there's a mass experiment, which is we don't actually know how that's going to affect us. However, folks like you are creating technologies that help mitigate against some of those risks. So just for the context, for those who may not know exactly even what an electromagnetic field is, if you have a cell phone, or if you use Wi-Fi, you are exposed to EMF. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Exactly. And every Wi-Fi router, every microwave, for example, and then, you know, what people always find interesting to know is that um, the so-pushed electric cars emit so much more EMF than a gas car. Like, it's there's not even a comparison, right? It is absolutely incredible how much emf is in an electric car and if you then start using your cell phone or tablet in that car you really blast it another area where you blast it with emfs is really in the plane when you fly mm. but again like we're not promoting stop flying and it hey if you want to have an electric car go for it i don't but um a lot of people do there's ways to mitigate it but what it does so these frequencies they they arrive at our bodies and energetic system in a way that that it's stressful right it's a stressor and it's a stressor that you can measure you can measure the heart rate variability for example you know you are in a room with no wi-fi then you turn wi-fi on and you can see what happens you can measure the blood there's a uh you know something called dark field microscopy or also said lifeblood analysis where you can look at blood in real time, you can see the blood, the red blood cells, the white blood cells, and so on. You are again in a room, there's no Wi-Fi on. Take a blood sample, then you turn Wi-Fi on, or 5G or 3G, 4G, microwave, whatever you want. And you see that the blood instantly starts to move towards clotting to a pretty unhealthy state. And that happens rapidly within minutes. And yeah, then of course, there's long-term studies and stuff like that, you know, that show a lot more detrimental effects. Even we don't need to go into all of these. There's a lot out there. You have to dig a little bit until you find it. But uh, the good news really is, you know, there's something we can do about it. And the first thing is to not be in fear. Like now that you may have heard this for the first time, just don't be like, oh my God, I have to avoid this now. And that's the wrong mental state. You want to be in a positive mental state. Yes, I'll deal with it. And then, you know, figure out some good solutions for your home and for your business. That's the way to go. Yeah. And I, I would say to keep it very pragmatic uh, in that regard. So one of the things like I'll often go to, I have a pretty active yoga practice and I'll see women walking down the street with their cell phones literally tucked into their yoga pants right over their ovaries. And, uh, you know, people, obviously a lot of them rocking their like Bluetooth and I had AirPods at first too, but, you know, deep, dive deep into the research. People won't go, we won't go crazy deep here on that, but, but there are deleterious effects without question. So, you know, we all use cell phones. One of the common, uh, place tactics I use is to keep my phone in airplane mode when I'm not using it so that it's, it's, uh, mitigating against some of that signal. I use hardwired headphones instead of Bluetooth powered headphones. So those are two common things. And then actually, I also utilize, as you get more advanced into it, um, Philips company, Lila Q, uh, Q, basically quantum, has these incredible um, hats 
shirts. I fly all the time. So I am in those environments. I don't actually yet have an electric car, but because I fly so much having like a t-shirt, which I'll, I'll have you go into more of that, but with silver embedded um, protects me against some of those, that those harmful radiation um, exposures. So there are very, exactly as you said, I don't think it's to uh, promote fear, but there are ways in which we can have tools in our toolbox to help us navigate modern living. And that's what this whole show is about. And I'm so grateful that that you actually have both the, 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 the expertise, but also honestly, some of the tools that people can tap into to help protect themselves against some of the deleterious consequences. Yes, and I'm glad you're mentioning that. And obviously something like the T-shirt is so that that goes very far because it actually blocks EMFs and then it's charged with our tech and provides an additional benefit because of positive quantum energy. But what people now can do, and, and you have a block now, right? Um, yes, I do. Can, yeah, so what you can do now with your phone, uh, I mean, you can still put it on airplane mode, of course, but still you can charge your phone in the block and then, you know, in the infinity block, just put it in for like three minutes, maybe two, three minutes. And then it'll be charged at least for a few months. Usually you don't usually need to ever recharge anything, but because of the strong EMF exposure and usage of a phone, we recommend to do that. And I don't want to say you have a healing device in your pocket afterwards, but a wonder it's not going to have the same effect that it had before. And you can measure and test that also. Um, so for example, you can see that in the blood. We've done tests where, you know, you had your phone, you, you were talking on it and it was not charged. Then you charge it with, with our tech and the same stuff is happening, but it, it has a different effect on the body. It's suddenly not detrimental anymore. It's, uh, it's a positive um, signal, right? And that's what we call frequency medicine in a way. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. So I have, uh, I have two actually of the blocks that Philip makes, um, these quantum blocks and, you know, so just for context, you know, I am a Midwestern guy. Uh, I lived in New York city. Yes. I live in California now, but like a lot of the things I talk about before, and, and I, I'm saying this to address some of the skeptics, um, you know, I would say, Oh, you know, this, well, I don't know if that that's woo woo, this and that. And what I'll say is I've now done enough research in, and and have also tapped into the research that you work with um, as it relates to um, the, the actual veracity of energetic medicine, energetic fields. And it is uh, it is incredible how this science is emerging. Right. And, and traditions have known about this for a long time. For example, I have a deep reverence for example, for native cultures. And I know you're, you're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, as we speak. Um, but I, you know, there's a blessing, for example, that I love, which is a water blessing. And it is, it is an honoring and an acknowledgement of the sacred source, which is water. And I think water, unfortunately, is, is one of these sacred elements that we too often take for granted, yet it is what we are made of. And it is also the, you know, arguably aside from breath, the most essential element to our vitality. And, and you know, and I want you to talk actually about this study, but there's a phenomenal study outside of, out of, out of Japan, basically, where they actually project different energetic frequencies into water. There's also 
a phenomenal, you can Google cymatics where they actually take photographs of, of these incredible, um, of this research basically. And if you play, for example, Beethoven, if you play different frequencies, it actually changes the molecular structure of the water. And that even goes to the uh, direction of, of intention. You know, there's a great film called what the bleep do we know? And if you literally send positive intention uh, towards the water, it changes its molecular structure versus negative energy or or harmful types of music. And I think sound is a great analogy because we all know that sound affects us. Like there's no question about it, right? Like you can't measure necessarily. Like in other words, you're not measuring a sound wave, you know, when you're at a concert, but there's no question at all that it has an effect on us. Like it is. You know, watch, watch the film Alive Inside. My father, unfortunately, had dementia. It There's no medicine that, that cures dementia and cognitive decline. But there's a beautiful scene in that film. Philip, you've got to watch it. Um, I was actually talking to our, our our mutual friend, Ian, yesterday. And he was like, I had him watch it last night. He texted me. He's like, this is incredible. But there's a scene where there's this, this elderly uh, African-American man, and he's in a nursing home and largely, been, unfortunately, left there. He's non-responsive, non-verbal. And... And basically in a wheelchair, there's a gentleman that finds his favorite music from when he was a kid. And he, and he programs uh, an iPod with his favorite songs and he puts his headphones on this man's ears. And I kid you not, the man turns alive. His head raises up, his eyes open. He becomes verbal. Keep in mind, this man hasn't talked for years, right? I remember 1960. So, it's miraculous. Like yes. doctors can't describe how it works, but there's no question of the efficacy, right? Of, of this, of this, of these, of these sound waves. And so what you're, as I understand it, I, I use that as an analogy, just to sort of familiarize people, because at first I didn't fully understand what we're going to talk about, which is sort of the quantum field, which is sort of the energy that underlies all matter. It, it, it very much, it goes it goes beyond our material orientation if you will of, yes. of of life and but it has without question consequence on us and we're now seeing more and more instances in which um this is being shown getting different peaks right as as we, as we look at blood research as we look at research around water so I, I thank you for indulging me and just sort of going into a passionate, you know, uh, diatribe there for a minute. But I've become super fascinated by this notion of the quantum field. And you're one of the few people I know that's working around, um, let's call it modern tech, right? There, I think there's been a lot of ancient technology, which which people who have, have been sort of um, in the mastery sense of different traditions have been familiar with. But, but we're now at this emergent field. So can you talk a little bit about what quantum energy is for those who are unfamiliar and some of the studies actually that sort of bring this field to life? Yes. So... Quantum energy is like you already mentioned it in a side note, it's the energy behind the matter. And I always bring this example first that we need to understand we're mainly water, as you also said. And that's already quite a stretch, right? I just look at my feet and hands and how can I be 90% water, right? It's but it is true, right? We just don't see it. We 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 don't really run around. Oh, yeah, I'm just this 90% water guy, but it's still uh, the case. And then we also know, we've heard that before, that we're actually over 99% space. 
just because the, the matter is energy in and of itself. And we also don't really realize, we completely forget about it until we, oh, now we've heard that, but it's hard to really understand it. So the energy behind that matter is quantum energy. Even in our own cells, we have a quantum field in each of the cells and the cells communicate constantly and instantly through these fields. So that's how I describe it. I, I try to not come from a quantum mechanics uh, definition because I also find that there's a lot of rabbit holes that are very theoretical and we actually work with the real deal which I find way more fascinating because then it becomes you can touch you can almost touch it you cannot touch it but you can feel it you can experience it and that's what it is about and and sometimes you know I also give this example okay close your eyes and just feel and feel your body and then you may feel something like radiating outside of your body. And so that's energy. Um, so it's, we can tap into that. And then that's, I, I come from that perspective. It makes it more easy for people, I think, to understand. Um, but quantum is really on a below subatomic level. So it's, 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 it's on the most fundamental level that you can influence anything. And that's what it is. And yes, it sounds a little woo-woo. And by the way, so what we've been able to do is actually uniquely is to, to concentrate this pure 100% natural quantum energy in a fashion that it is a super powerful source that you can tap into and manipulate um, frequencies, for example, and manipulate not in a negative way because you actually can't do that. We, we may get into that uh, at some point, but manipulating in a way where uh, if you put a herbicide in there, for example, that the frequency, the former um, harmful frequency of the herbicide would change into something that's not detrimental in, anymore. If you have EMFs in the room, 5G, 4G, that until just now would have a negative effect on my blood, on my heart rate variability and, and other factors, for example, suddenly I introduce such a powerful source of quantum energy, put it in that same room, these effects are gone, like visibly gone, completely neutralized. That's what it does. I want to mention water be before I lose that thought because you Please. spoke about water and the pioneer in, in all of this, frankly, in, in understanding what energy can do to water and how you can change water and even visualize is Masaru Emoto from Japan. Wow. So he is the one uh, that, that started that. And his, his, you know, he, he passed, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, but his son, Hiro Emoto, still runs his office and institute in Japan. And they tested some of our products and they found that the quantum block, which is the weakest of our blocks, uh, was able to structure and optimize water um, in, in a very significant way, faster than any other method they've ever seen before. And they were blown away by it. And they you know, wrote the study report and everything. And then they asked for a phone call and I thought they have this phone call to then explain to me exactly what happened in the study and everything. But they actually asked if they could um, import our products to Japan and sell them there. And since about 10 months, they've been exclusively 
importing our products to Japan, which they've never done with any other products before. They're not like a shop that sells stuff, right? They, they don't do that. They're an institute, but they, they saw what it can do. And, and that's one of the most humbling things that, you know, really water is so special. And, and if you think about it, if you can positively influence water just with energy, what can you do with your body? That's also 90% water. You know, that's, and we will get into that, you know, what you can do with it, but it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. May I just want to, I want to double click on that because this Emoto study is fascinating and I'm going to link to it in the show notes so people can geek out on it. I have gone deep down that rabbit hole. I was introduced to sort of this concept and I, I, I kind of knew intuitively, I think as many of us do, I think about, I think about water and sound a lot. Um, you know, uh, I think this notion of resonance, we all know when a song resonates with us, right? Like songs, you know, someone who started a music festival, you know, songs travel in a way, even if you don't understand the language, you know, it can connect to people in profound ways. It, it is in a way universal. Like we also know when something sounds harsh, right? Like, and it's just like, oh, like get me out of here, right? Like that's universal. Car alarm goes off. It jars your nervous system, you know? Yeah. And with water, it, it's the most, I think it's, it, it's, it, it conveys the energy of those waves of that music. And that's what cymatics, that's what it shows because it's actually imaging this energy through water and how water becomes structured, how it is actually literally altered based on the energetics around and, and the field, so to speak around. And so it's, it's wild. I did not actually know that they reached out to you, but the, the fact that they did, I think is, is, is profound, right? Like these, this is not like a shop. This is not like, this is like a, like a, a scientific institute, right? And if we can find technologies that help us, right? That's what, that's what this whole show is about. It's like, what are the ancient and exponential technologies that can help us navigate 21st century living. And unfortunately, there are a lot of other inputs right now on water, um, which is our, you know, the ultimate, you know, source of life in terms of, you know, pharmaceuticals and pollutants. And, you know, I live right off the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, unfortunately, they say don't even go surfing for three, four days after the rain because we're we're washing all these things into the waters. And unfortunately, all the waters that we're drinking right from the glyphosates to the, the petrochemicals that are seeping into farmlands that wind up in the water table, like not to, again, promote fear. It's just to say, I think we need to have an awareness and a reckoning around the environment and how it's impacting this, this human biology that has evolved over millennia, but is now being, you know, for lack of a better term, besieged or with inputs that we've never seen before. And, and therefore, how do we find how do we find the technologies that help mitigate against those harmful uh, exposures? And so I find that your quantum blocks. I mean, I literally have, so I have, yeah, I have your, your amulet around my neck, uh, <laughs> close to my heart. Uh, I have one of your cards, which I, I actually keep on me before I go to bed. Uh, and I've got the quantum box, which I use to charge my water, my food, et cetera. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, how you actually, so for those listening that may not have the visual representation, um, you know, it's sort of almost like these beautiful uh, structures um, in which you can kind of um, input like a glass of water, for example. Um, and and they're, you know, they're beautiful to look at. Uh, also, I'll say anecdotally, and this this will sound like 100 percent acknowledge uh, woo woo. 
Um, but I'm very, especially now, like I'm not drinking. I'm, I'm literally doing yoga every day, meditating every day. I find, you know, there's phases in life where I really kind of tune in um, and, and sort of clean the antenna, if you will. And you can see things that affect your energy. Like alcohol, I'm not like anti-alcohol necessarily. I just notice that it really dilutes my frequency, right? So like, yeah. it's like the way I describe it is if I drink a glass of wine after taking a month off, it's like the clouds come in and cloud over my antenna you know, and, and sometimes I want that. Like, sometimes I don't want to be as sensitive, but like, I think if you're tuning yourself in, uh, for me, who's, I guess, highly empathic when I am attuned, I feel things very strongly for lack of a better term. And what was interesting is when I set up my quantum blocks, when I actually, uh, took them out and set them up and I haven't shared this with you. Uh, and, I actually literally felt it. The room felt different. I don't. I don't know a better way to describe it. it. And almost uncomfortable. Like not. And and I settled into it. Like now, you know. Now now I feel fine. But it felt like. And this is anecdotal. I don't have any scientific, you know, way to back this up. But. I felt like it was all of a sudden, like I was tuned, like the, like the environment was tuned at a higher frequency and those elements that weren't aligned uh, kind of were falling out. And also I was adjusting kind of just like, as my body does, for example, uh, crass analogy, perhaps, but when I stop drinking, when I take out the alcohol, it's like, at first it's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, my body's like, I'm tuned. You know, I think about it like an instrument, right? It's like, I was a little bit out of tune and now I'm like, I'm back in tune, you know, and the way that I think about it, again, I'm very musically oriented is it felt like a tuning fork and I actually use tuning forks um, in my own practice, but it felt like kind of an energetic tuning fork that held me in a, in a higher frequency. So that, that's anecdotal. That was just my own experience. But can you talk about how that, how it actually works? Because I still don't personally fully understand it and I've gone pretty deep, but I just know how I feel when I'm around it. And I also know and have done research into these various bits around blood, around EMF. And I know that I need various tools to help me in this brave new world environment. So can you go a little bit deeper on that, on the tech aspect? Yes. And before I go into the physical aspects of what it does to the blood, what we can show and all of that, um, I want to pick up the energetic part because you just mentioned that it's indeed the case that, you know, these blogs they calibrate very, very high on the so-called Hawkins scale. They frankly calibrate higher than any other product publicly available on earth. Um, and what does that mean? What is the Hawkins scale? So for people don't know that um, Dr. David Hawkins, he was a PH, MD, PhD and wrote this book, Power Versus Force, about 20 years ago. And he's he was more than just being an amazing doctor and researcher, he was also really an enlightened um, being, right? He was very, very tuned in. And he set up this consciousness scale from zero to 1000, where the lower ends are like guilt and anger, jealousy, and things like that, like very low states of consciousness, pretty much. And then as you move into the 500, at 500, you're at unconditional love, as a consciousness level, right? Then at 540, 550, you're at joy. And then you move into the enlightenment zone, which is like a bigger zone, you know, between 700 and 1000. That's the scale he said. 
and you can calibrate locations in, in even your own consciousness and and objects uh, theoretically you know you can calibrate that on the Hawkins scale and determine where's the consciousness level of that location you know as an example so you could find that um amazing locations like I don't know um um Sedona Sedona or I was going to speak about this Machu Picchu for example mm. would vibrate on a on a way different level than uh, maybe uh, an area in Brooklyn right not to devalue um that but it's just a fact that there are different different vibrational levels in different locations same with beings if you would uh, calibrate the Dalai Lama, you would probably calibrate way different than someone that um, just started his first job at McDonald's and never done any yoga and meditation before, right? It's just a different level of consciousness, just trying to explain that. I'll also and say anecdotally, sorry to interrupt you, but like I, I had the honor to 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 host um, His Holiness the Dalai Lama for his 80th birthday. And this is anecdotal, but the moment I met him, I just, I literally burst into tears. And my mother, who's, you know, kind of a tough woman, same. She was like, she literally just started crying. And the moment he left, I started crying. And again, I was very, like, I, I didn't feel particularly emotional. And it wasn't like I was sad, actually. It was just like, actually, like his way of being was so childlike and joyful and like acknowledging. And actually, I couldn't even tell you, even though I've been working on it for seven months, I couldn't actually tell you much of what he shared. Although I want, you know, I recorded and reviewed it and it was profound. But what was most profound was his way of being, his yes. presence. It was yes. literally like, again, that sense of attunement. It was like, it was like I was tapping into or listening to a frequency I had never been exposed to before. It was that that high. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so, so, you know, those are like these different levels on the Hawkins scale and you can again, calibrate that. And now our products calibrate very, very high on this, on the Hawkins scale. And now we have even product some blocks out there that calibrate way above 1000 on the Hawkins scale. And the reason for that is that Hawkins at the time did not see what would happen in 20 years here on earth because energies have shifted significantly from 20 years ago to now and way higher consciousness levels are possible now. So, so literally now it's possible to be above that, which is actually a great message, right? So it's, I think, something that can be very encouraging <laughs> in the midst of the difficulties in the outer world. It can be very encouraging, that message. And so well, just, just to interject briefly, and this is, this is on topic, but I guess off topic, I have in some of my deep meditations and, and, and deep sort of works had epiphanies that actually like, it's my belief, whether true or not, I can't say, but it's my belief that, and there's a phenomenal mathematical cosmologist called Brian Swim. And he actually talks about where we are in the cosmos and how there's a dynamic gravitational pull and how, you know, the band of life that we exist in is so miraculous and, and it's an enabled life as we know it to flourish. I could go into a whole diatribe, but I'll keep it succinct. But in essence, he talks about that dynamic tension being the birthplace for consciousness as we know it. And, and even biologically, how in some ways those countervailing forces 
create an evolutionary mandate, right? Like the hawk and the rabbit have become what they are existentially, the hawk's, you know, dexterity and eyesight because of its relationship to the rabbit, even though it's a predator predatory relationship and, and one is an existential threat to the other, they cause each other to evolve more fully. And it's my belief, you know, we are in a, in a sort of a mass extinction on a biological level. And I, I, and this is, you know, the sixth mass extinction. It's my belief that with any commensurate challenge, there is an, a, a, there is an, a commensurate opportunity um, for a, a birth in consciousness. In other words, with all the challenges we face, I feel like, and again, this is just my own belief, but I feel like spirit provides us with, I feel like we are consciousness seeking to uh, realize itself. And, and, and therefore, we are presented both with the challenges to help us awaken to the opportunities that enable that, that heightened kind of meeting of the whole, that, that, that divine sort of oneness, that union, which is the essence of all things. Um, but but amidst the challenges, there is a, always a commensurate countervailing force and opportunity in, in the field, so to speak, that enables that propagation and, and realization of that that sort of, for lack of a better term, unity consciousness. Um, so I, I never share that aloud, but um, just just got inspired by what we're talking about. That I do feel we are being presented with insights, opportunities. There's another great book which just came out. Uh, Rick Rubin, the amazing music producer, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, a variety of different musical traditions. Many argue a genius. Talks about the creative process. And he talks about exactly what we're talking about, which is that we are basically antennas. And that that masterworks of art, right? Like a science can't say, how did art enter into you, Philip? Or how did the insight for tech in, enter into you? Like, there's no way to measure that. It's just the art, the artist is an, is like a tuning fork and the creative force, the counter that, you know, that, 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 that creativity is downloading. And if you ignore the imp, impulse to create, which we all have, we are all tuning forks, then it will simply show up elsewhere. All of us have had an idea and like, Six months later, someone else has actually birthed that idea. They didn't steal your idea. They were just actually committed to the execution of that ideation that's being sort of disseminated through the field. And so, uh, thank you for 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 listening. But but I just got I, I feel like this is this is what's happening is there's an emergent opportunity amidst the challenges we face, and they are significant for commensurate level of tools, technologies, evolutions, and consciousness such that we can rebalance and bring back a sense of, of harmony to the field. Yes, and it's perfect what you say, because it's, it's first of all, what everyone should be thinking about at least once, um, <laughs> because it's the time for that right now. And it also is relevant to our discussion and our technology, because that's, in essence, really what, what our technology does, what, what the blocks do. So all of us, so consciousness is always there. So... That's why I don't say we we you know try to use our technology or yoga or meditation to expand your consciousness. No, rather to unlock more of your consciousness because the consciousness is always there. What's kind of buried or closed is the door to that consciousness that we let that in, and that's exactly what you're describing. You know that the insights, the synchronicities, our blueprint. Frankly, our blueprint is. Everyone has his, her own blueprint that comes in and is now reflected into the 3D world. However, and it comes through the DNA and the DNA is sort of like a crystalline structure. Um, mainstream science would not acknowledge that, but you know, 
apart from that, it's it's just the truth. And it's you can look at this crystalline structure like a window. And when the sun shines and the window's dirty, the sun cannot shine in fully. Um, and if and if you put tape on it, even less so, right? Then now if you remove the tape, if you remove the dirt and the dust and all that, suddenly all the brightness can come in. And that's sort of what happens too as we tune in more into ourselves and raising our own consciousness level. That's pretty much what it means. Then we raise our own vibration. We get more access to our blueprint. We get more insight suddenly because we are on a different level. It's like the radio, you know, you move the button of the radio and suddenly you have a different channel. That's kind of uh, what happens. And so the Hawkins scale is just a good reference point where you can say, okay, now it vibrates on this level or this level, et cetera. And that's what you felt. Um, by the way, it's it's uncommon for people to feel a little stressed at first when they open the block. Usually it's, wow, it's this harmonious feeling, but it can be very different because everyone is different. And it's so cool that you feel so deeply because you were literally feeling that you're interacting with that. And then you probably felt the whole environment because what this energy does is it literally, it goes through the whole room, the whole house basically, and then establishes itself. And it is indeed a process of about like an hour uh, until the whole energy is established, at least an hour. And uh, yeah, and you can measure that. So you you felt it, which is, I'm, I'm glad you felt very good afterwards. <laughs> I did. No, actually, uh... I, yeah, I would say the way I would describe it is just speaking authentically, it was, it was a slight discomfort, not in a, not in a negative way, by the way, it was like, um, um, how do I describe it? Almost like, okay, like tune, like tune up, like when you sit straight up, like you've been slouching and, it, and it's like, okay, yeah, like you feel called to like sit straight up. And what I did was I actually went out. So you know, I have my own practices, which I've talked about on this show, which I call finding center, because I think we all are tuning force, right? And we all get, we're, we're all besieged by, by noise, right? And so to me, it's like, what is, what are the tools that work for you to find signal? Just as you described with the radio, you know? And as I would, if I were to describe your voice, your, excuse me, not your voice, but your tools, it's, they are, they are, they are tuning frequency. They, they basically help bring you back to center. And so for me, I know I have enough awareness ha having done, you know, work on myself for as long as I have, uh, that when I'm off center, there's various things I need to do to bring myself back to center, to get back into tune. And yeah. I'm also massively upgrading myself just in general, right? Like, just like there would be an iOS or an operating system on your phone, I'm currently in the new year implementing that, right? Like I, I'm letting go of relationships that don't serve me. I'm looking at my diet. I'm taking on a variety of different things to, to hold myself to a higher standard. And, and, and so, so what I would say is that discomfort is, is aligned to that sense of, yeah. uh, of entering into a higher standard and, and a, and a frequency that I want to hold myself at. And so interestingly enough, I was concerned if, if I'm honest, I was like, Ooh, if I keep, if I'm this sensitive to the field and I keep feeling like this, I don't actually know that I could in good faith, like talk about it in a positive way. 
And I went to yoga to get myself back into tune and center. And I came back and I felt amazing. Like I walked back in the space and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it was like, okay, great. And I actually then like, I was like, I'm going to go read my book. I put the, I put actually the card on my, on my heart. Like it was like, it was like when you're getting to know someone that is like, um, someone that is, is, is holding you high. And at first you're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get away. Like, this is a weird way to put it, but like, I don't know if I can get away with my same shit, you know, like this is that. And then it's like, okay, I get, I'm going to hold myself. Well, I'm going to sit up straight. I'm going to hold myself higher. Like, and, and in that process, it's like, for me, at least the way I would describe it is I felt like I was up leveling. Now, part of that might be projection. I totally own that. Like I'm looking at a variety of areas in which I'm looking to up level and a variety of different tools and techniques that I find help me get there. Some of which are ancient, you know, like yoga and meditation and other which are exponential. And I find that your block fits in that category, right? Where it's like, okay, I like also the process of like, I'm being intentional with my food. I'm being intentional with my water. If this is, for lack of a better term, like a portal to something higher, what would I feel right putting there? Which, by the way, we should also think about with our own body, right? Like our body is also a sacred vessel, right? But we don't always treat it as such. So so to actually even have the thought exercise of like both the charging of, of an object with with this higher frequency, but also like just some mindfulness around what am I putting in my body is, is a really beautiful exercise. Yeah, well, it, I'm glad you described the whole journey with this, and it's it, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, further down the road, people will describe it that the the energy field, you know, with a block at home carries them in a way, mm. and and that previously when they didn't have that, they would have you know days where ah, it's just everything is so bad, and you're like really on the floor basically, uh, emotionally and and energetically. And that that floor is lifted up in a way like you 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 don't sink as deep anymore. That's what a lot of people actually notice. And you still have all those fluctuations because that's life, right? You know, I mean, it's full of challenges, opportunities. And hey, there will be days that where it's difficult. Sure. I mean, the blog is not going to make that go, go away. But the way you deal with it, the way you go in resonance with these things that happen to you. Um, and then also the things that you actually call in over time, they change and they shift and, and it all feels more uplifting. But let's move maybe into the physical. So because Please. the listeners may be like, oh, wait, hey, this is all like, sounds all cool, but it's it's not tangible, right? So because- Yeah, talk about, talk about that. And also some of the research stuff, because this is fascinating. Yeah, so- our products have been tested in three different continents by now by various different doctor's offices and labs and institutes. And I want to pick out a few different methods because they used various methods actually to determine what actually happens and uh, what results uh, you, you get from it. And so there's the so-called uh, Decavol method that is uh, used in an advanced way by the BESA Institute in Europe. It's the largest independent uh, research and testing institute for biofeedback and biosystem analysis. And they test and measure the cellular voltage in the different organs, for example. They measure the, the energy levels in the different organs and in the body. And they also do EMF testing and things like that. So they did a whole set of study um, 
I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of pages where each time they were able to show that when they tested a person, they had a status quo, then they introduced stressors like Wi-Fi, for example, or substances, uh, harmful substances like herbicides and pesticides or even other things. And they were able to show the, the negative effects of these stressors onto the human body um, and system. And then they introduce our technology. And in 100% of the cases, all those um, harmful effects were neutralized. They're completely gone. And, and the, the, the effects were so great that the measurements were always better. Now. I mean, they completely neutralized everything that was harmful before, but everyone was at a much better state than even um, at the first test. And they, by the way, also tested people in a, in a Tesla. <laughs> so no, that's not necessarily a commercial for Tesla now because we're talking about the EMFs. But hey, Elon Musk, you know, if you ever want to debate me and you say EMFs don't matter, come on into a de debate. But I can also show you how you can actually implement our tech in every Tesla and then you don't have that problem anymore. But anyway, going back to that. So they had a person literally in a Tesla gave them a tablet and a cell phone to give them the absolute blast of EMF. And then they put a block inside. And after a few minutes, they left everything running. You know, the cell phone was still there. The tablet was still there. And no effects anymore. It didn't have any detrimental effect anymore on the physiological system, which is absolutely profound. So that was the first huge run of studies that were done um, by the Bayes Institute, or you know, about two years ago already. Then there were some other studies, bioweld testing, and so on that we can, you know, don't need to get into. That heart rate variability testing was done. Um, Do you have a link to these actually... on your on your website, by the way, or is there is there a way yeah. you can easily yeah. tap into that? Great, great, great. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Lila Q. The latest we'll studies, yeah, the latest studies are usually not there because it always takes sometimes several months actually until they're published. You know, we may talk about this autism study for a little bit. That one is is going to be peer reviewed and, and uploaded in a journal and all that, but it's a, it's a lengthy process. So we've already had those results since quite some time, but we, we can't yet show the actual study. But everything that's there is on our website under the research tab. So Heart rate variability uh, is directly linked to the autonomic nervous system, right? And the same thing there, it was tested, you know, also with Wi-Fi in between, just to show additional layers, not just before and after, but before, after this, and after that. Um, then dark field microscopy, lifeblood analysis is for me a fascinating topic. We, we talked about that initially a little bit. So that's where you can, under a dark field microscope, see the actual blood cells, the red blood cells, the white blood cells. You can see if someone is in a healthy state or in a not healthy state. You can even see things like parasitic load, cholesterol levels. You can see blood clotting, um, inflammatory levels, things like that. And so the story there is that we had done some testing that was done in Austria by a doctor and they tested all of our products at the time. And with all of the products, he had significant results that he was able to show. Um, then someone sent me a podcast from Dr. Beverly Rubik uh, in the US. Um, and she is probably like 
the best and most knowledgeable in all of the US in regards to lifeblood analysis. She's run multiple studies in the last decades, published multiple peer-reviewed papers and all of that. And she had been in a podcast um, talking about her big concern about EMF um, and onto the uh, human body from a very scientific perspective. Like she's not a woo-woo person at all. Like she's very, very down to the science, but she saw in all her studies that the more she looked at it and the more EMFs advanced, the more detrimental they would become. So I reached out to her and said, we may have a solution for that. Uh, do you want to talk? And then she said, well, she looked at everything and said, well, it looks intriguing, but I don't think it can work. And then I said, so why do you think it, it can't work? And we had these before and after pictures that were done by this doctor, right? And we were very honest about it. We, we didn't even know what the doctor did. And the doctor just took these pictures and all that. And she said, well, yeah, it looks all great. But I can't say for certain because, you know, the doctor could have just manipulated it, for example, right? And just used the best timing for that. What you would need to do in the next step is you have to do a real randomized shame controlled study that's either single blinded or double blinded. And, and I said, okay, um, how can we get something like this done? And she said, well, that's what I do, right? So, um, and 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 I said, okay, well, you know, maybe you should change your mind then. And and I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's set up a study. And and she set up a study with four test persons. Then I said, four test persons. I mean, no one is going to leave believe that it works with four people. She said, I don't think your technology can work. I don't think it can work uh, um, because it's an energy device, and therefore, I don't want to blow your budget. Long story short, she ran the study with four test persons. In 100% of the cases, it was shame controlled, right? So completely placebo controlled, double blind. She was able to show these significant effects and she proved herself wrong in her own study. And then she had an open mouth when she talked to me. And then she was like, oh my God, you have the solution for this. This is amazing. And even for the big blood clotting issue that we have right now in the world, you have the solution for that. And then I had to put on the brakes and I was like, well, it was just four test persons, right? So, and then she said, yeah, no problem. But I know now it works. I, I've seen it and we'll just take it to statistical significance by just having a, a follow-up study with, with more people. So by now she's done um, three of these studies. So far she's working on the fourth currently. And then the BASA Institute has done two more studies also randomized, double blind um, in regards to lifeblood analysis. And we yet have to find a single person whose blood does not improve significantly after a few minutes, significantly across the board. We're not talking some little edges here and there, some 10% here and there. We're talking absolute significant. And you can see some of these pictures on the website. Actually, if you look into it, it's, it's fascinating because you can see how the red blood cells clawed with Wi-Fi and then how they unclawed suddenly. Stage one and stage two of blood clotting literally reversed in 10 minutes with the blocks. And white blood cell activity and motility, which is part of the immune system, increases. And you see other things as well that are very positive. We don't need to mention too much, but it's fascinating. This is really fascinating. It happens so far in 100% of the cases. 
Well, I'm going to go deeper on that. I, to be honest, I, I find that really intriguing. I would love to see like more on the research as it relates to that. I know I saw some of the pictures, which I thought was really cool because to me it related a, a bit to the cymatics. But also, yeah, in research, I'd love. I'm excited to see as she expands out her her test size, like how it how, with the efficacy. You know, I think that'll be phenomenal to to sort of check out. I feel like no question though that at least in, in my mind, the correlation between blood and water, which we have seen, like you said, with the emoto, that there would be. I mean, it is the fluid, is the water that moves through our 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 system, our veins, right? So uh, there's no question, at least in my mind, that it would make sense that the the that the energy would affect um the biology and uh, so i think i'm really curious to see kind of how this field emerges over time but uh speaking of which i want to be respectful of your time because i know we're knocking on the hour um where can people uh learn more about this technology and if they want where could they um get a device yeah, that's uh, leelaq.com, L-E-E-L-A-Q.com. And what I'll do after this, I'll text you the private invite link to the Telegram group. It's called the Quantum Power Group. Um, we have over 6,000 members there now that are all using our tech and that learn and share and discover new things every day because there's so much more to it. There's so much we... I and mean, we didn't even talk about food allergies. We didn't talk about autism. And, and there's more we found out, find out every day. And in that group, you can hear from other people, not just from me, you know, what they think about it, what they've done with it. And so if someone is interested, I'll share that link with you. And that's a good way. And you find myself there too. I'm active in this group too. That'd be amazing. Okay, so what I'll do is for anyone interested, below in the show notes, I'll, I'll link to the Leela Q website and I'll also get the private, telegram link from philip i'll also link to that below so you can deep dive and you can go fully down the rabbit hole uh, i i'm i'm i've already gone deep down the rabbit hole i'm gonna go even more fully down the rabbit hole um especially as it relates to the biological aspects because the energetic pieces have made sense to me thus far in my journey but i am really curious i still have that analytical scientific mind so i want to do more of the research and it sounds like it's it's emergent and there's going to be more and more opportunity to do so so philip thank you so much for your time and for sharing your your insights and also yeah for creating um, you know, technologies with the intention uh, of being of service to a large number of people. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I found it a fascinating conversation. So that was great. Me too. All right. We'll talk again, Philip. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds good.